LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre Ministry every week. And it's Australia Day, Scott. Happy Australia Day. Happy Australia Day. Have you been listening to Triple J's Hottest 100? I haven't, actually, because I just listen to news radio these days, so I've just been, uh, yep. Uh, every... How was conversation hour? Oh, well, it, it, it was good, actually. News every 15 minutes as well, so it's been an exciting day. Uh, the boys haven't enjoyed it as much as I have, uh, but, you know, that's what you get, Australia Day. Australia Day. It's one of those days that brings people together and also divides our nation. Yeah, deep deep. All right. One thing's brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and we are also proud to be part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out the network page, jump onto iTunes, there's a bunch of really good quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But for now, you've pressed play on episode 42 of The One Thing, our Australia Day special, learning from your last barbecue. Well... That title may not make entire sense to you, but listen, events are part of uh, any church, any ministry, whether it's the weekly Sunday gathering that you're uh, trying to pull together to the church camps, the getaways, everything in between, evangelistic courses, uh, they are part and parcel of uh, of church life. And nothing's more important to get right than the, these gospel events as you, you think about how it is you run things that people want to come to where they can clearly hear the gospel and how you make them get to a point where they want to invite their friends in the future as well. That occasion where people can come and hear about Jesus. But managing events is more than just picking a date in the calendar and throwing things together and hoping it gets to where you want it to be. Now, you've got to remove roadblocks. You've got to think through things that help those from the outside make their way in, uh, help clear those things away that stand in opposition as impediments to the gospel. So... That's what we're going to be talking about today. And this episode, we've invited our event maestro, our event wrangler, Sarah Kazwadi, to help us focus on the one thing you need to know about managing a successful gospel event. Now, Sarah's the event manager at Geneva Push. You have no doubt talked to her face-to-face at our events, emailed her. She has decades, not as many decades as Derek, but she has decades of event coordination Half experience. as many decades, I reckon. <laughs> On Australia Day, arguably the biggest event of the Australian calendar, we figured she'd be the best person to help us ensure that we don't end up with too few shrimp on the barbie. Oh, nice one. So, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, Sarah, it's good to have you along. This is uh, your first time on the One Thing podcast. But let me just lead off with this. Can you talk to us about what makes or breaks uh, a good event? Sure. Uh, praying, so praying through all the aspects of the event, and you want to give it to God and ask Him for His love and His kindness, uh, for people to come and to give you plenty of patience. As if you're organising an event, you're going to need lots, and the, you also want to be praying for the people there, um, the delegates, knowing the relevant details and coming to your event and being available when it's scheduled. It's crucial that you know the purpose of your event. If the purpose is to meet new people, then you want to make sure that there are plenty of people from church there that um, can meet these people who are friendly and welcoming so that the new people don't just stand around looking at each other really awkwardly. If the purpose of the event is to build a gingerbread house with women in the community, then you need to have the supplies for everyone who's coming and you need to know what you're doing to construct the gingerbread house or find someone who does know how to do that and have people in small groups so that they can chat while they're building. 
if the purpose of the event is to introduce people to Jesus, then you need to make sure that the speaker does this in a way that is clear and meaningful to those people that are attending. So you need to know your purpose really clearly as that helps shape almost everything that you do about the event. Sarah, that's really helpful to talk about the importance of uh, praying through an event. I think it's something we forget all the time. We don't actually uh, bring the event before God and ask him to work uh, in all the things that are going on. We just get task-focused. It's also helpful to clarify the importance of purpose. But but what actually goes into making a good event? What are, what are we looking for when it actually runs? A good event achieves the purpose or the goals that you establish at the beginning of the event. You want people to come, you want them to invite their friends, to find the purpose of the event and then talk about it with others in their network so that next time they invite them along. If you're selling tickets, um, use a platform that's straightforward and doesn't gouge fees from your delegates. At Geneva Push, we use Eventbrite. I find it really easy to use as the person putting it together behind the scenes, um, but also for people registering, it's a really straightforward process so that we don't lose people by because it becomes too hard uh, and the results online look quite professional. You can also customise questions um, and get every delegate's email address, which is useful for building your database and also communicating with people regarding the event. We use Salesforce for our database and I'm not an IT person, but I found it fairly straightforward to use. After each event, you can upload the data from your delegates that you have in Eventbrite straight into Salesforce. Uh, A good event also has the right vibe. And I'm not talking about the movie The Castle. I'm talking about the feeling in the room for the people present. If you're going for a professional vibe with an event in the city at lunchtime, as the speaker, don't wear shorts and your mowing t-shirt. If it's a super casual event to get people in the church uh, to get to know each other better, probably best to leave the mints, notebooks and water jugs out. So Derek, I think you need to recognise that one because Derek often wears shorts to events and wears or wears really coloured pants. So just you should note that if one. If you had legs like mine, Scott, <laughs> you'd be wearing shorts more often as well. Sorry, Sarah. The vibe of the room is more significant than you realise. So pay attention to the room and make sure that it's not messy or too hot or too crowded in there. The environment's important and you want your delegates to see that it's such a good event that they want to invite their friends along next time. And some questions that you as the event organiser need to know the answers to are, do the delegates know where to go? Is the address really clear? Have you thought about dietary requirements? Do you have enough chairs for everyone? Should you borrow a fan for a friend to cool people down? Have you got plenty of Bibles? Spend some time beforehand thinking through your event so that you can preempt these possible issues. So one of the things that, that you have identified a couple of times in here is removing roadblocks for people, um, particularly people who are new, so that they can get to the event, whatever it might be, easily. Um, you, do you find in, in organising events that's one of the things that you butt up against again and again with people coming to the stuff you organise? Yes. Um, you need to make it as easy as possible to find the location. Say, for example, if you're meeting in a church but in the back hall and you need to specify that really clearly in any communication that goes out about the event. Don't just say that the church's address, say the actual hall um, so that people can find it and maybe you need to have someone out the front directing people where to go so that they don't get lost or, or feel worried. Yeah, that's good. If you're organising an event for someone else, you need to have them in mind uh, in order to actually get them there. Now, Sarah, you, you've, you've just listed off a, a whole bunch of stuff. Do you, do you use checklists? Like, is there an, sort of a go-to checklist that you use so you tick it off as you, as you sort it out? I use checklists because I find that useful. Sometimes I write it down and then check it, check it off because I've already done it. But I think everyone is different, um, but 
it is helpful to have a checklist that you just reuse for events uh, because that can cover off all the main items that you want to be covered and be on top of before your event. Uh, we use a program called Asana that is quite good for putting information in and you can allocate the tasks to different people and then tick it off when you've done it. That's good. All right, we're going to come back with Sarah in a moment. Just as a just as an aside, Sarah, you know you've worked with both Scott and I. Who's the least frustrating person <laughs> that you've worked with to organise? You don't events? have to answer that, Sarah. You don't have to answer that. No, just just quietly, no. maybe mouth it. If everyone turns their uh, volume right well, up, I'll Sarah's going to say it very quietly. Thank you. Thank you. Sarah's one of the best event managers I've worked with. Uh, well, look, we'll get back to Sarah and her barbecue plans in just a moment. But first, Scott. Some event playing specials for our Australia Well, that's why, while you're relaxing in a park somewhere, enjoying a pavlova or basking on an Aussie beach, oh, we've so been collecting Australian. resources we hope will make your next golfful event just that bit more focused and successful. So my top three must-have resources. Uh, Sarah's articles on the Geneva Push blog. Uh, she's going to flesh out a lot more of what she's been saying today, so check those out. Second one is the Alpha course has some great checklists for orchestrating and evaluating events. Uh, so you might want to jump on uh, their page and they have a, a whole bunch of lists about teams and checklists for putting on an evangelistic event. The, the last one is food, I think, is so important to an event. Uh, and so there's a great book that I've used in the past called Ministry to the Interior. But now that we've got the interwebs, there's a whole bunch of websites and resources where you can actually find quantities and sizes so that you can actually plan to have enough food available because there's one thing you don't want to have at an Aussie barbecue, you don't want to run out of beer. I mean, you don't want to run out of barbecue sausages. That's true. It just, look, here's a little nugget for, you know, all the special listeners for the one thing. Scott is an amazing cook of lamb. If you can invite yourself over to his house to have lamb, it's phenomenal. I am not joking. As much as Scott insults me, I'm just throwing that out there as a compliment. There you go. Anyway, back to Sarah, out of the Esky and benefits from her insights. Sarah, can you give us a real-life example? Talk us through what this would look like. Let's say, for example, I'm running a barbecue on Australia Day to try and connect with my neighbours, introduce them to my Christian friends, mix those worlds. What are the goals uh, that you would set? What would they look like for something like that? Sure. So let's say I'm planning on having an Australia Day barbecue and the purpose of my event is to connect some of my neighbours and a couple of friends that I know from the school drop-off with some of my Christian mates. So I asked my good friends Pete and Ellie to buy some meat and to cook it on the barbecue at my place. My BFF Sally says that she'll bring the bread and I outsource three of the salads to some friends from church who I know are coming with their kids. So I've got the food covered and I'll just sort out the drinks and the nibbles and desserts. So I lock in the day and I let everyone know it's at my place and the time to come. I'm feeling organised and I check that my barbecue has enough gas and I have a look on the bomb for the weather that day and it all looks good. So the day of the barbecue comes and Pete rocks up early with three kilos of sausages and 20 onions. He fires up the barbecue and gets cooking and I ask as there'll now be meat for people to eat. But I get two texts from people bringing salads Someone's kid's sick, so they can't come, and another one had a double booking, so they can't make it. So now I've got one salad and three kilos of sausages and a lot of hungry people about to arrive on my doorstep. So I'm feeling a bit nervous and I'm starting to sweat. I asked Rachel, who is new at church, and they arrive quite late, as unfortunately when I text the invite, I naively just said my place and forgot to type the actual address. When they text me on their way here, I was too busy chatting to Ali, so I didn't see their text message. So they're feeling a bit frazzled now that they've finally made it. 
and I get chatting to Rachel and it turns out that she's vegetarian and she can't eat gluten. I freak out. What on earth will Rachel eat and how is she going to feel welcome? Later on, I discover that Rachel's husband, Luke, had a knee operation a few weeks ago and he can't stand up for long periods and he's still in a bit of discomfort. I sort of casually glance over at Luke, who's standing up somewhat awkwardly talking to Pete at the barbecue. There are no spare chairs and Pete is probably telling Luke one of his long and involved stories about his sourdough starter. (laughs) (laughs) This is where preparation is key. At Geneva Push, we try to think through carefully what we can do to make sure that people are coming to our events, feel comfortable and that they feel welcome, um, as they'll remember how you made them feel more so than what you actually say. If the purpose of my event was to connect my neighbours and friends with some Christian friends that I had from church, this event is actually a failure because my Christian friends didn't even show up and I failed to make Luke and Rachel feel comfortable and and they got lost um, because I forgot to include my address. This dreadful barbecue example is useful for learning with organising an evangelistic event. If I failed to provide food that everyone could enjoy, then people attending wouldn't feel welcome and it's unlikely that they'd come back. People need to know the details of the event in a clear and concise way so that they can turn up. If you've spent a long time praying for your event and you've organised a great speaker, but the people can't eat the food, that's what they're going to remember and they'll tell their friends about the people who attend are your greatest marketers when they tell that their friends about your event. They're doing the advertising for you. So that's so that's sorry. Scott's got a question there, but I just want to say that that scenario that you've just run through. Well, it's a, a barbecue, and actually, I've been to your house for barbecues. They're really good, Sarah. They're not like that at all. But that <laughs> what you've just described there uh, is is nearly every church event that I feel like I've ever been to. Uh, that we come away feeling good about it, but it hasn't hit the mark. Uh, that goal setting is key for judging whether we've hit the mark or not. And and it's love. I mean, what you're demonstrating is if you actually love people, you're going to do all those things. You're going to go the extra mile because mm. you do care about Luke, who wants to talk about sourdough starter. So you do need to put someone near him. I avoid to Luke. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the important things that we don't do often in church events is is evaluation. You know, actually looking back and going, what did work, what didn't work. What does it look like to evaluate an event, Sarah? Sure. Uh, so I set up a meeting with those people in our team who are involved in the event that I have it after the event and we discuss what were our goals and how did we go with them. And at the beginning of each event, we work out what the goal is going to be and these are kept in a place that everyone can see so that we can keep coming back to the goals. It's helpful to get different people's opinions who look at the event from a different view uh, to those who are just organising the event. And I also email people I know who will give me honest feedback so that we can improve for next time. And it's also a good opportunity for me to exercise humility. So, Sarah, you you talk to people. You also email key people from different groups. But you then also put in the calendar, we are going to evaluate this event, you know, a week, two weeks after. We're going to spend some time going through various details as well. Yes. And then I take notes from that um, and keep a record of it so that next time when we're doing that event or a similar one, we can refer back to them. So So you actually do refer to those events. They actually shape your next event as well. Yes. Because that is really important about evaluation pitch. You actually need to learn from an event. Hmm. Not just a talk fest, not just hearing people's gripes, but actually using that to improve and move forward. Yep. Now, look, just lastly, Sarah, uh, there's a big bit in the middle of event management, uh, that we missed. That's the running of the event. How is it that we... Now, I know you've got in your blog, in your article, we've fleshed this out, but just quickly, how do we think through that, the actual running of the event? 
Yeah. I like to think about it with the method from year seven English class when doing a book review that you need to answer who, what, when, where, why. You need to answer these questions um, but in reverse order and your why is the most important. And I've written some more details about this um, on our website, so why not check that out? Uh, then there are some other micro aspects that you need to spend some time thinking into. Like, do you need to recruit some volunteers to help? Sometimes it can be really challenging to get enough volunteers. So could you give some volunteers a free ticket if they arrived early to help set up and then assisted with registration? Get creative with the ways that you attract volunteers. Um, Kathy Heard has some great thoughts about this and there are a couple of really useful resources on our website. Take some time to think about the vibe or the feel of your event. The delegates remember that. Pray for your event and make sure that you get enough rest. I'm what, I am what my friends call a loud introvert. So I love being around people and having a chat, but then I need some time to myself in order to be able to function well the next day. So if there's a conference that's run over several days, I need to look after myself with enough rest so that I can do my job well. Have a think about that um, for yourself so that you can continue to be engaging and welcoming. Be ready to change things on the fly at the event. Even if you have prayed heaps about your event and sorted out your who, what, when, where and why. Different things to what you had planned happen. Speakers get delayed or venues have double bookings or food doesn't arrive as planned. So be adaptable. You need to be ready to think on your feet quickly and make the necessary changes. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. So Sarah, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to managing an event? Uh, be prepared, Scout's Honour. All right. Well, that is the one thing. Uh, the one thing is a proud member of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Here's another member you're probably going to be interested in. Have you listened to the 5LQ, 5 Leadership Questions podcast yet? Yeah, it's the one hosted by Todd and Daniel Im. Uh, every week, they put the same five questions to key ministry leaders, giving you a chance to learn the lessons they've learned over decades of kingdom Now, you want work. to check out episode 293. Right. Who's on that, Scott? Derek Hanna. Really? And? Scott Sanders. There you go. But they've interviewed people with actual talent recently as well. Brad Lomenick, uh, Jackie Hill Perry, Kerry Newoff, and lots more. Just look up 5LQ on your favourite podcasting app. Subscribe today. And don't forget, look, if you have heard what you've liked today, and I have, we'd appreciate it. Just take time to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up on our next episode, culturally speaking, Australia is changing fast and there's no one better to help us understand that than Mark McCrindle. So we've invited Mark back on the show to help us understand what's the one thing you need to know about religion in Australia in 2019. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Mm-hmm.